Attention Deficit Disorder, known as ADD, and Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, known as ADHD, are often diagnosed when children start school. And while there is some debate about exactly what these disorders really are, there are signs and symptoms that can be evident very early in life. I'm Dr. Tara Zanfleet, board-certified pediatrician, and today we're talking about the signs and symptoms of ADD and ADHD in young children. This is Parent Savers, Episode 75. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and if you've joined the Parent Savers Club, thanks for doing that as well. As you know, you get access to bonus content after the show, plus special giveaways and discounts from time to time. Um, All of our episodes are now unlocked and free to access, so if there was an episode you particularly liked or you want to share with some friends, reach back into our archives listen to it again send it to all of your friends we're really excited that we've unlocked all this great content that we have um, for everyone to listen to so make sure to check it out also subscribe to our monthly parent savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month and another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free parent savers app available in the androids and itunes marketplace as you know, my name is John O'Reill. I'm the host. We have three boys, uh, my wife and I do, six, four, and two. Um, and so that's quite a handful. And so I think I probably feel like I have attention deficit disorder sometimes just trying to <laughs> keep up with these guys. Um, but I'm also joined in studio by some other panelists with kids as well as um, Dr. Zan Vliet. So let's go around so everyone knows who they're talking with. My name is Colin Reed. I'm 27 years old. I work in airline catering. I have one son named Constantine, and I definitely have ADD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Constantine's three months old, and I'm I'm nervous that we're scaring Colin about the future um, <laughs> as he as as Colin as Constantine gets older. Hi, my name is Nicole Deline. I'm art designer, architect, and I have a three-year-old son. Nice. And I'm Dr. Tara Zamfleet. I have uh, two children: a ten-year-old girl and an eight-year-old boy. Nice. We've also got producer Aaron on the mic um, who monitors our social media accounts. Um, so Aaron, chime in, say hello. Hello, hello. Something it's Aaron. witty. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> OG Mamacita. And I have one boy. He's 23. And I question constantly. He's 23 years 23 old. 23 months. Folks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 23 months. It's awkward. And the I breast still feeding's, am feeding him. The breastfeeding's <laughs> awkward. Um, yeah, Cash is 23 months old. As we know. Anyway, thanks everyone for joining us. Before we jump into the topic, we're going to do a news headline segment. And this is from time to time we look at a subject that's in the news that is of interest to parents. If you guys, I'm passing it around if you guys could share. We have this on our website as well. But this is a story um, from last month in August, um, maybe a couple months ago by the time this is out. A Tennessee judge has ordered a baby's name changed away from Messiah. And so what happened is a Tennessee judge ordered a baby's first name changed away from the name Messiah. They had to change it to Martin saying that the only true Messiah is Jesus Christ, a ruling the boy's mother promises to appeal. But what happened is the parents had gone before um, the Tennessee Child Support Magistrate because they couldn't agree on their kid's last name. And so they wanted a ruling on what the kid's last name would be. But instead, the judge 
ordered the baby's name changed to Martin instead of Messiah, um, saying the word Messiah is a title and a title that's only been earned by one person. And that one person is Jesus Christ. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, certainly an interesting thing. That's not even what they were going to get the ruling. Oh and then God. the judge inserted themselves. Um, what do you guys think about this? Well, you've got Allah's, and you have Jesus's, and you have everything else under the sun. So I really don't see a problem with Messiah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't understand how the judge can even thinks he can decide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but I mean, I guess it was a name hearing, right? It's and it's it's a string of letters, and right? It can mean anything that anyone wants it to mean. Yeah, That's exactly well, but right. I think certainly there are names that. That are a little bit taboo. I don't think you could name your kid F U C K. Or <laughs> that's example. exactly what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> um, you I know, have absolutely. Seen one with but H. I think that <laughs> that this brings in a bigger question, a bigger issue as far as division of, of religion, state. Absolutely. Right. You know, where this where granted we pay judges to use their opinions and and come to a specific finding on on issues however they are supposed to differentiate their personal standing right on on these topics so yeah. you know i i i think he was in the wrong yeah, and the, i think they oh, have yeah. every right I to agree. to to fight it yeah this judge is clearly overstepping um I think it might be a, a, a female, um, her bounds. Um, according to this article, Messiah was the 387th most popular name for boys born in the United States in 2012. Um, in all, there were 762 applications for boys named Messiah in 2012, up from 368 in 2011. So there's literally thousands wow. of other Messiahs going around, and the judge just happened to interject herself in this one, and I don't think it's going to stand. Well, you know what's funny is that I was born in Florida to a man named Jesus, who then had to change his name to Jose because everyone in Florida was giving him such a hard time. Interesting. And that was, you know, in the 70s. And culturally, though, <laughs> depending on which country you come from, I mean, like I said, Jesus is yeah. big in Mexico and in the you know South America. I mean, it's, it's a very common name and a mark of respect, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, this is... um. Definitely a surprising story and one we'll keep an eye on. We'll post this to our Facebook page, too, to see what you guys think. Welcome back, everyone, to Parent Savers. Today, we're talking with Dr. Tara Zanvliet about ADD and ADHD and some signs and symptoms in young children. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Z. All right. All right. So let's just start with the basics. What is ADD and ADHD? Well, they are on the same spectrum of behavior disorders. And um, they are based in brain chemistry and anatomy. Um, so it's, it's definitely got some differences on MRIs, things like that. Um, ADD is more attention uh, deficit, problems with attention. Hyperactivity disorder is a little more just the motion problem. And then there's considered mixed. And so, yeah, why are they lumped together? They're all sort of on the same spectrum because what happens is some are a little more attention, some are a little more hyper, and there's a whole bunch in the middle. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so kids are having trouble either paying attention, mm-hmm. staying focused on something, right. or I get then the second step is not only are they not focused, but they're doing crazy movements and can't stop. Not crazy movements, just they can't sit still. They can't sit yeah. still. Yeah. And that's what the ADHD is. Right. So right. what is, I mean, how old are kids before they're usually diagnosed? When well, is they the diagnosis just changed all the diagnoses uh, pretty recently in the DSM-5. So uh, that's the psychiatry um, uh, book 
that has all the different diagnoses. Also, ICD-10, which is coming out next month, is for MDs to code people. They are they have changed the criteria for diagnosis as well. It okay. used to be under seven. You had to have symptoms, but you couldn't make the diagnosis till they were over seven because of the differences in ages and the appropriateness yeah. of behavior for kids and what three-year-olds normally do. Um, now it's up to 12. Oh, so really? So you can show symptoms up till 12. If it's not diagnosed by 12, it's going to be a conduct disorder and have nothing to do with ADHD. But there are kids that get delayed, especially the the pure attention deficit. A lot of girls have pure ADD and they are daydreamers. They just don't pay attention in class. They're they're space cadets. That's the name, space cadet. They're your dreamer. Um, she's off in another world. She's my fantasy girl. And they're just not paying attention at all. They're, they've got a whole other life in their brain. So, wait, it, uh, I'm confused. Is it that they have to be diagnosed before they're 12? They have to show symptoms before they are 12. But can they say, but then can you as a doctor say it's ADD and ADHD? But you have to wait till it's 12? No, no, no. You can diagnose it all the way up till 12. And how young can you diagnose it Probably not till about six or seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because of the age, the big key about the diagnosis is that the behavior has to be inappropriate for the child's age. So picture this. You've got a three-year-old who doesn't get what they want. They throw a tantrum. They uh, get so frustrated and they kick you. I mean, it's all happened to us, right? In the playground, right. when you say it's this time to go home. This is a true story. This of is a, course. This isn't a hypothetical. <laughs> Everyone, <This> is a- <laughs> now, picture that behavior in a 13-year-old. It's okay. inappropriate. And so what may be appropriate at three is not so appropriate at eight. And so when you have a three-year-old who can't pay attention for more than two minutes, that's a three-year-old. But if you've got a nine-year-old that's in school and can't pay attention for two minutes, that's abnormal. Okay. Yeah. So And so that's why you really need to get older, to get out of some of the fog of youth, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the brain develops. The brain doesn't right. stop developing at birth. You know, it, it does a good job uh, prenatally. But then after, there's a large amount of growth um, of the brain. And there's some critical periods between, you know, birth and about three, four. And then there's a secondary sort of time when the brain is really developing during um, grammar school, you know. And there's even brain development all the way through the mid-20s for men, actually. And that's why some young males are still very Cuckoo. aggressive and not thinking about their, <laughs> you know, their actions and consequences. Right. So brains develop interestingly. And um, that there, there are some interventions that we can do younger yeah. with ADHD and stuff. But, yeah, there's the development. So then should I not? My Like I said, my son is only... 23 months Mm -hmm. so should i not be terribly concerned at this point when he's you know running amok you keep it in the back of your mind okay and you say well if it doesn't get better by six or seven we may have a problem and there are things you can do during those times to kind of make sure that if he has add or adhd that you're making sure that his behavior is as well controlled as it can be you know, you're because mm-hmm. get- you don't stop parenting once you say, oh, well, my kid has ADHD. I guess I can just sit on the couch. I mean, they're all you got to work harder. You know, right. <laughs> it's it's not an excuse for bad behavior. It's not, um, you know, if, if your kid steals a car, that's not ADHD. You know, if your kid is lying to you and manipulating and, and you know, leaving the house, uh, that's not ADHD. You'd be surprised how many people use it as an excuse. 
Well, mm. and I think that there's sort of a backlash against ADD and ADHD and this idea that it's an overdiagnosis. I mean, didn't it even come out that somebody said that there's not even such a thing. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people saying things like that. I think that the new criteria, I think, are going to clarify that quite a bit. Okay. Um, If you want me to go through it, I can. The big thing is it's got to be inappropriate for the age, behavior inappropriate for the age. It has to be six or more symptoms, not just one. Every kid has one symptom of ADHD. I, literally, yeah. I mean, every kid. You're like, oh my God, you've got to have ADHD. No, but it's the only thing he does. Okay, it's got to be six or more of these. this list. You have one-sixth okay. ADHD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other big key is it has to be more than six months. So you don't just have a kid just Of boom. the activity. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not just like all of a sudden, overnight, your kid becomes a belligerent, you know. Uh, yeah, that's probably teener, teenagerdom. But um, mm-hmm. it it's also has to be multiple settings because what we're finding is mm-hmm. a lot of what parents are calling ADHD bad behavior that I can't control them is unfortunately not very aware parenting or different parenting between two parents that maybe don't, don't live together or even live together. Grandma taking care of the kids, different houses. There are a lot of influences. And what we're finding is if they're fine at school, mm-hmm. but they're a nightmare at home, that's not ADHD. It's got to be multiple settings, pretty much consistent right. behavior through everywhere they are. Yeah. So that's key. And the symptoms, you know, they, they split them up into attention problems and hyperactivity. So attentions would be things like... You know, just picture your your you know second or third grader. You know they're making careless mistakes. Do second and third graders do that? Yeah, but this is really consistent. That's only one. They would have to have six different things. So again, really poor attention to detail. When they draw a picture, it's just you know about as primitive as it could be. Okay. Um, they don't care. You know, it's like they they it seems like they don't care. They do. They just they don't have the attention for that. Um, they have trouble holding attention on task, even with things they like. So that's a big key. They like playing Lego, but pretty much eh, two, three, four minutes in, they're done. They're moving on to something else. Um, they have very big trouble organizing themselves, organizing their things, their papers. They never finish. Did you finish your homework? Oh, um, I think um, I'm not sure. Okay, well, what did you finish? They've done half their English, half their reading, half their math, and they haven't finished anything. They've done some stuff. They haven't finished anything. They lose everything. Can't fa- You've bought you know a, a uh, uh, lunch pail four times in a year. You know, I don't know where it is. Yeah. Um, just no attention to where their things are, their body, their physical self. Um, they don't like any tasks that need a real big mental effort. Some people will call them lazy but they're not. Um, They're very easily distracted. They forget just their everyday stuff. Like, do you always have to brush your teeth after meals? Yes. So why at 10 years old are you forgetting again? You know? Right. The hyper stuff is pretty easy. They fidget. They can't move. They tap. They squirm. They're squirmers. Um, They run away. They run and climb when it's inappropriate. Um, They're climbing up on bookshelves at the doctor's office not onto a chair at home, you know? It's, yeah. it's like they should know better. You know, even at three, they should know better. Um, even when you say no multiple times, they're still doing it because it's like they forget. Um, they leave their seat. They're driven by a motor. 
if if they sit down, um, it's it's mommy. I have to get up. I have to get. I have to get up. They really feel a compulsion to move. Yeah. Um, they blurt out the answers. They're not respectful of other people taking tur- taking turns. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Um, they interrupt a lot, um, and not just interrupt, but they intrude on a conversation. So they just they insert themselves into the conversation and then pull you know to get what they need they can't wait yeah they can't wait for you to finish so those are the big things um broaching that i have a facebook comment um it's more of a comment or question um regarding adhd um the poster wants to know is it could it possibly be a difference in cognitive process Mm -hmm. as opposed to a deficiency well that's exactly the point we're finding now um, they've done MRIs on kids, age-matched and everything, parent-matched. And what they found is that on the MRI, they actually have a smaller, what's called the caudate nucleus. And this part of the brain is associated with cognitive and motor control. They can't control it. So they've got the brilliant thoughts. They've got, they just can't not blurt it out. They can't organize it and process it. The edit well, button is smaller. It's not a deficiency of a brain chemical or anything like that mm-hmm. necessarily. It's it's actually physically smaller. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure you would are probably going to go into this, but uh, my question is: Can exercise, a lot of exercise and physical activity, can that can that help? Oh yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah. Okay. You've got to let your kids move when they've got a little small mm-hmm. nucleus in their brain that says mm-hmm. move, and that you've got this four year old saying, "I have to get up, mommy. I have to get out of the chair." Let them. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. Later on, I'll talk about some things f- that you can do. Mm-hmm. I have another Facebook question regarding this. In particular, um, does diet, how has diet, um, dram- how, how, how does diet affect that? Let's, yeah. take, oh, a, let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll look at that after the break as well as, um, you know, talk about, I know there's so much emphasis on the older kids and the diagnosis, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I was kind of right, taking some oh, yeah. notes as you were listing the symptoms because a lot of our let's listeners stuff. have the younger kids. Yeah, two, too. three, four years old. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the symptoms we can look for. We'll Absolutely. talk about things like this Facebook question about diet and even more. So Absolutely. we'll be right back to pick up the conversation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're talking about ADD and ADHD, specifically trying to see what we can see in young children as well, as, as well as trying to understand exactly what it is, because there's a lot of confusion about it. And it sounds like even the definition of it is changing and what doctors are looking for. So we can pick it up with the uh, Facebook question um, that Aaron just asked about diet and its effect on ADHD and ADD. In terms of diet, there are some diet, there's some evidence now that some diet issues will worsen the behavior, not causing ADHD. This is not something you can, oh, I gave my child peanut butter and therefore they have, you know. This is more like if your child has attention deficit or ADHD or they're too young to really know but you kind of are wondering, Mm -hmm. there are some things to look at. The first is get them tested for iron. 
not just blood count, which is what the doctor is going to want to do, but actually an iron level or a ferritin level. Um, many ADHD kids are low in iron. If you replace their iron, their behavior improves greatly. It's one of the number one intervention you can do. Um, and you don't want to overdo iron. You don't want to just, well, I'm just going to give iron just in case because you can overdose iron and it's very lethal. So you want to be careful. Now, if you want to do it food-wise, you know, beans, legumes, lentil soup, um, uh, spinach, um, any dried fruit, especially raisins. Uh, kids love raisins. Um, <laughs> you know, prunes, all those are great iron sources. So that's the first thing. Second one is... Um, avoid all of the colorings and preservatives. Many of them are neurotoxins, and they will worsen whatever's there. So if you've got a kid with autism, if you've got a kid with bipolar, if you've got a kid with attention deficit, you got a preemie, you do not want to give them any preservatives. The food colorings seem to be the worst pretty much all of them. I mean, I went through and I'm like, oh, let me see. Okay, red number 14. Red I started listing them. Like, there were more of them than exist. Yeah. Any, so just all of them. You know, just avoid pretty them. Pretty much anything. Pretty much anything. Coloring. Absolutely. Another big one is gluten. There's a lot of stuff out there saying gluten causes ADHD. No, it does not cause ADHD. Gluten-sensitive kids, so especially celiac, they, the inflammation caused from their gut can affect their brain. And so they act like they have ADHD, but they don't, okay? So then what you do is you test them. Basically, you can do a saliva test. It's expensive as heck. Or you can just do the simple thing, which is avoid gluten for two or three weeks and see what happens with their behavior. Which and, is easier yeah, to do these days. Way easier and cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. In the, in the old days, man, yeah, try getting no bread anywhere. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so gluten is, is a big one um, to just check. And if there's no difference in behavior, well, then have all the bread you like. <laughs> yeah. Now, but these are all sort of things that maybe you've probably engaged with the doctor on it already to talk about the diagnosis. Um, maybe yeah. not the diagnosis, but, mm -hmm. you know, so as we look at the list of those symptoms, yeah. what are some things we can look at in the young kids? Oh, yeah. Toddlers. Is it ADHD or a typical toddler? Yeah. Okay. So one of them is the overwhelming number of symptoms. Okay, so if right. you've got a, a three-year-old who climbs on everything, that's one symptom. It's not six, right? Here's some things. A kid who really avoids playing fun things that require a lot of attention. For example, reading with the parents. ADHD kids do not want to sit next to you and read a book, you know, because it's, it, they just can't sit there. Mm -hmm. Most three-, four-year-olds can sit there, at least for a, a short book, you know, and they lean into you and all that. Um, another one would be watching a single TV show. Many ADHD kids can't even sit down for that. Okay. Um, they Even if it's something that they really exactly. should like, right? Like Absolutely. if they chose to watch. Absolutely. Often they <laughs> walk and, and they start playing something and you're like, aren't you watching this? Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah. But their back's turned to the TV. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm totally is, going through in my head about oh, my right, kids, exactly. right? I mean, I'm sure <laughs> we all, do. all of our listeners, too, we're like <laughs> we all going do. through. Like, I'm okay. applying oh, yeah. these to myself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's right. Gavin's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, I, God, I think me, I need medication. I lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's got to be one of the difficulties, that's right? That's the difficulty, we'll which go is... Through. Because these what? are yeah. sort of symptoms of our mm -hmm. modern brains. Absolutely. And, and that is another kind of problem, actually. We're... 
we're training our brains to be ADHD brains, unfortunately, with all of the technology. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what, in that same vein, I'm, I'm thinking about how a diagnosis of ADD or ADHD in a child, if it's incorrect. Yes. How that, what effect that might have on the child if he's medicated and treated down the line. Awful. Uh, well, I'm thinking about, I was watching... Um, the gentleman's name is Sir Ken Robinson, and he talks about a woman named Gillian Lynn, who she's a choreographer. She did Cats, very famous. Of course, in the 1930s, ADHD wasn't available. It, was, it wasn't invented yet, you know? Um, he talks about her inattention, her troubles in school, and how when she listened to music, she had a natural ability to stand up. And he references creativity mm-hmm. versus what we call ADHD, right. and how it might an incorrect diagnosis might stifle right. that creativity. Right. What kind of effect that could have on a kid? It, it, depression, big time. Kids get depressed when they feel like they're sick or have to be medicated. Um, and it, with the diagnosis of ADHD, it has to interfere with their normal functioning. So if they're creative and they get on a tangent, they, they are creating and composing music and they can sit there for an hour and a half composing music. It's not ADHD. It's a beautiful brain. It's, it's working beautifully. Um, it, you don't want to make the wrong diagnosis, which is why sometimes you know, parents will go, but God, the doctor doesn't want to help me. They don't want to make the diagnosis and put this kid on Ritalin. Well, you know, it's hard because another thing about like these medicines, and I was going to get into it later, but you know, these medicines, all kids, or not all, most kids have a little better attention when they're on these meds, whether or not they have attention deficit. And that's a danger. Just like all adults do better with coffee. <laughs> it is a stimulant and it works the same way in kids. So well, you we know, I think careful. a good point to make is that, you know, college kids are taking mm-hmm. these drugs oh, yes. to, for study and test mm-hmm. prep. Oh, yeah. That's, there's know? a huge black market out yeah. there and that oh. is a big problem right now. Oh, yes. There's been some deaths. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so how could mm-hmm. how could there not be an improvement is, as far Sorry. as those specific symptoms are concerned, you know, but like Colin was saying, it could have the repercussions of squashing yep. someone's spirit. When some kids are not ADHD, they are kinetic learners, which means that mm-hmm. they learn by doing, touching, mm-hmm. they have to physically move to learn. These are the actors. These are the, the mm-hmm. theatrical kids, the ones that that you know point and and they jump up and down when they're happy and they need to touch a little plastic dinosaur when they are learning about dinosaurs they need to stand to learn to read they do well in math because what's in school math manipulatives there are all sorts of legos and little thingies Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. to learn math with they score on math but reading they all can't read if you have them stand on one foot while reading they all learn all right well let me ask you as we go back to looking at i guess the symptoms in the young kids too but is this something that kids are born with or is it something that we can accidentally give our kids because you hear a lot of oh they play a lot of video games so now they have add and i mean it's it comes up every single show where we talk about the effect of these tablets and these screens because it's just a it's a it's a part of parenting now. And is it something that kids maybe weren't genetically wired for it, but because of what we're doing to them that we can give them ADD or ADHD? I will say I don't think you can give a kid ADD or ADHD by what you do. However, you can worsen the situation, especially behavior. Okay. There's a lot of evidence that prenatal <clears throat> affects the brain. Premature babies, way higher rate of ADHD. Okay. Um, babies of smoking moms, Babies who were low birth weight for whatever reason. Moms? Oh yeah, there are. Yes. Oh god, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. And so 
So we know that there's a prenatal influence. We also know that correlation-wise, not cause, but correlation, the number one correlation with kids with ADHD is screen time between as early as six months, three months, and about three or four. The more they have screen time hours-wise in a day, Mm -hmm. average, average hours in a day, the more likely they are to have ADHD. Now, is that cause or effect? These kids are super duper good at at video games. I mean, it's like they're right. made for it, man. They are made for it. And so do parents then use it as a parenting strategy, as a reward or something, because they did well today with their behavior, so I'm going to let them have an hour of screen time? Or is it that they have six hours of screen time every day because grandma's taking care of them and grandma is just tired? Yeah. And then that kid is more likely to have the behavior issues of ADHD. Right. He may have a small cut at nu- nucleus, but... Maybe it would have been okay if they hadn't had the screen time. But then Mm. it got it. And it does include screen time with educational screen. People think that, well, because it's a a little little game on my iPod that's reading them a story, Mm -hmm. it's fine. It's reading. No, it's not. It is not. Because there's a little person moving across the thing and it's acting it out and it's changing quickly. And so they don't need to pay attention at one little, you know... Um, picture in a picture book. It is screen time. Even baby Einstein. Do you think it's like a sensory oversaturation? Is it? Is it that like a data? Well, you you train your brain how to adapt to the Mm -hmm. world. If your world involves saber toothed tigers and you know running away from things that are hunting you, you are going to be quick and you are going to be aware of everything. ADHD kids would have survived, man. Mm-hmm. They would have been great. <laughs> we don't have that anymore. But if your environment is constantly changing visual stimulus, you will adapt to that. And you will prefer your behavior to that. Mm-hmm. If your environment involves a lot of reading, a lot of helping with mom, a lot of you know parent time, a lot of you know, you know doing the tools with dad, you're going to adapt to people and you're going to adapt with, to more attention. Makes me wonder, you bring up that example, is that maybe part of the reason evolutionarily we made it here is because of ADD, ADHD. I 100% agree right? with that. Yes. And now we're trying to fit into yeah. our society, Absolutely. our brains to make Absolutely. it fit. Absolutely, yes. Let's um, pick up what we were listing before, some of the symptoms that might be evident in three-year-olds. Gotcha. Um, there are a couple of very interesting physical things that make a big difference. One is if you've got a four-year-old who cannot hop on one foot, that is a big sign. And it's weird, but it works. Um, again, it's that brain center that's in con- motor control for hopping on one foot. Another one is warming up too quickly to strangers. you got to watch for the really lovey, lovey love bug who just loves everybody because they may not have that um, caution. Mm-hmm. And that's an, a sign of impulsivity. Doesn't mean every kid that warms up to you right. is, you know, but that's one. Um, another one is um, when they um, talk more. They just, they are incessant talkers. They just compare them to another three-year-old. So those are physical things that yeah. are a little hard to fake, you know, or yeah. misinterpret. Yeah. My checklist mm-hmm. is like checked on so many things <laughs> on my four-year-old right now that I can't wait to get home. And, and then some, and again, it's that inappropriateness. Yeah. So you may have it in your mind and you're looking at, my God, he's got six things on that list. Let's just see how it goes and see if he can 
control himself and learn how to figure it out by five and six. Yeah. And they may not have a problem. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's close out the conversation with a little bit of talk of the medicines and maybe natural remedies mm-hmm. too. Um, that I know a lot of our listeners um, are really tuned into. You know, more natural and not medicating kids, but maybe there's some things that we can feed them or. Absolutely. Do. So it, most people want to know: Are there supplements I can give? Yes. Other than finding out if they have iron problems, um, magnesium. It's a natural calm on the brain, so it works really well. Um, Zinc and B vitamins, those are big. Omegas, as long as they're mixed and they're not just DHA or just EPA, a mixed omega is wonderful. Some of it is uh, sleep. There, you have Mm. to watch and see if they have sleep apnea, if they're snoring. You have to get them about ten hours of sleep a night. They're wiggle worms. They don't want to go to bed. You're going to have to enforce it. Yeah. You're going to have to enforce it. That's a disciplined parenting issue. That's not an ADHD issue. And the more sleep they get, the better they will do. You've got to work with your child, right? They're hyper. They're wiggles. They're if you've got the more hyper one, you let them jump. Let them play. If they have to do their homework, let them do it on one foot, hopping up and down. Literally, let them get some of that out while they're doing it. They will focus better. Um, We already talked about a clean diet. We already talked about watching the, the, um, you know, the additives and stuff, uh, eliminating any food triggers you may think that they have. Um, Let them have crazy time, just absolute, full-on, wacky, crazy time. Um, Take a lot of outside breaks. Nature, for some reason, seems to stimulate that section of the brain. And so we don't know exactly why, but if you if you have them playing Lego at ho- in the house and playing Lego out in the, the park, back, yeah. it makes a huge difference as their n- amount of um, um, focus time, you know? That's interesting. Um, some Chinese herbs can help, but you really want to make sure that you have a true Chinese herbalist, not just someone playing. <laughs> um, and behavior stuff, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of different things consistency is key you know if you have a bedtime it's a bedtime um making very short um goals for example if you're going to discipline and stuff you've got a kid and he's you know going to play with his sister okay 10 minutes good play with this with the sister you reward him you know and having a visual reward system is really key where they can physically put a star where they because they're physical right Put a, physically put a star somewhere where they did it, um, rewarding them with little things, not food, please, um, <laughs> but right. little things. They get to, you know, have five okay. minutes on the, the iPad if they play 15 yeah. minutes with their sisters, that kind of thing. you got to have consequences. you got to have rules. That's not, you know, talking about massive punishments, but you've got to have rules. You have to be consistent about the rules because that's parenting. That's not ADHD. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like regardless of whether or not you think your kid may or may not be having this, that a lot of these tips mm-hmm. and how to parent are going to be just good for oh, any yeah. kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. As far as medicines go, um, what are some of the medications that doctors use? Well, they're all stimulants. Um, and so what they're trying to do is wake up the brain, especially that section of the brain, um, without making you hyper. And the weird thing is that the medicines tend to not make the kids hyper. They often will be a little sleepy right after they take them, which is another sign of the attention deficit brain. Um, most kids, if you give them this, they will get, you know, they, they will think better. They will, you know, do things better, but they'll be a little more energetic 
and a lot of times the ADHD kids will be a little calmer. Right. Um, but they're all stimulants. They're all Schedule two meds, and you have to be careful with them. Now, side effects of those meds, slow weight gain. They can lose weight. Um, it can interfere with their sleep. Um, there have been some reports of arrhythmias of the heart, um, especially when the doses are going higher because the parent doesn't notice any difference because the problem is not the ADHD. The, p- the problem is discipline and, and, you know, associating, you know, helping the kid um, figure out how to deal with life. Yeah. Um, that's one. Um, well, it's so interesting to think about the parental reaction mm-hmm. to a diagnosis or a thought that it might happen. Whereas, oh, I've got permission now mm-hmm. to kind of not take the active right. role. And it's the opposite. Exactly. There's also a new study that was showing that kids who have been on meds for a while during school, while they definitely do better in school and it works better than any of the herbals and any of the other things, they also have a much greater response to chemical rewards in the future, which means if they ever try drugs, they are going to be the one who loves it Mm. compared to someone who hasn't. And that's a danger that I don't really like. Right. So you would recommend trying to go the natural route Try as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if it's interfering with their schooling, Mm -hmm. once they're behind, it is so hard to catch them up. Right. And then they're just behind all the time. And then they think they're stupid. And so many of these ADHD kids are brilliant. I mean, they really have high IQs, some of them. And it's just you can't show it, you know. So um, you don't want to get them too behind. But at the same time, if you can do it without meds, that would be much better. And actually, one of the interesting things is um, in other countries, sometimes they try caffeine first. Hmm. Give them a little, you know, yeah. give them a little hot chocolate in the morning. You know, <laughs> high protein diets in the morning help a lot too. Mm. I think every student should have high protein diet in the morning instead of the stuff we give them in America, which is cereal. Right. Right. Yeah. right. All right. Well, thanks so much. That wraps up the conversation for today on Parent Savers. Thanks for joining us. Um, for more information about ADD, ADHD, or any of our panelists or Dr. Zanvleet, please visit the episode page on our website, parentsavers.com. We're actually going to continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club with our bonus content. We're going to talk a little bit more about ADD and ADHD-friendly schools and camps. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, please visit our website. Question from our listeners from Twitter. Blair from Canada asks, what do toddlers about two years old drink besides milk and water? I'm afraid to get into the realm of juice, but maybe it's not as bad as I think. Hi, this is Dr. Frederick Johnson calling in. Blair, juices aren't so bad. The problem with juices are generally that uh, they're high in sugar and kids tend to get too much of them because they're sweet. What might be a reasonable alternative if you want is you can make a baby smoothie which uh, would include things like yogurt, fresh fruit, blend it up and see if your toddler would like that. But otherwise, juice isn't so bad, but you probably only need about six to eight ounces in a day, if that much. So hope that answers all your questions, and I'll talk to everyone later. Bye-bye. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for Expecting Parents, our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Twin Talks uh, coming soon for, you guessed it, parents of twins and soon-to-be parents of twins. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about another great topic of interest for parents everywhere. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. 
While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.